0: to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK, your host, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you about, are you being held hostage to your job as a mental health professional? And I also want to share with you how I was able to create my 401k, meaning my own as a business owner, 401k. And so of course I have some backstory for you. Um, I wanna take you back to about five years ago. Um, I was a psychologist working for the county and I had also had multiple streams of income and one of the streams of income that i tapped into is financial literacy therefore i end up getting my license to become a life insurance agent and so during that time i was doing a lot of financial literacy and money workshops in the community i even hosted a financial piece workshop in which I incorporated the financial literacy and teaching people about life insurance um, in my church and then I also did some education to the colleagues and co-workers that I was around at the time now I did notice that as I surveyed people that I spoke with and or if we did what's called a personal financial checkup there was one common denominator specifically with mental health professionals because at that time I was coaching clinicians of how to have have a profitable private practice. However, as stated in my previous episodes, my coaching services were not actually out there for the general public. It was just more if people knew that that's what I did, then they inquired about the services. And so one of the common denominators, or I would say the main common denominator as to why people were feeling a little shooken up by leaving their job or having the idea of leaving their job is that There was no security for retirement. And so in today's episode, I want to specifically talk to you about the three mindset blocks that helped me break through being held hostage at my job. Now, truth be told, I was never one of those employees that says, and no shade, you know, but I was never an employee that said, I will retire here. I never allowed that to come out of my mouth no matter what. However, I did say that I wanted to make sure that I was able to afford Things like my health benefits and being able to retire later. And I would like to have as much information, not a plan per se, because you sometimes have to let go of the how, but I at least wanted to know enough information in order for me to make the best informed decision of when to leave my job. So the first mindset block tip that I want to give you is no your numbers. And so, in terms of knowing your numbers, one of the first things you want to do, I would say, as a subcategory, if you're taking notes, is you want to know the difference between your gross and your net income. So, as easy and simple as this may sound, A lot of us with jobs, with the W-2 paycheck, we tend to get so used to just checking our bank balance and maybe the direct deposit amount that we forget to look at how much money did this job actually pay me overall before taxes were taken out. And the reason why that's very important is because at least you know how they value your work because most jobs, from what I've learned in the financial literacy world and just understanding um, economics and business structure, is that- Larger corporations or even state institutions, they're going to pay you a certain amount. And then based off the work that you do at the level and quantity of clients that you serve, they may be making as much as 10 times as much as they pay you. So just for number sake, not saying that anyone is getting paid $10 an hour, but if someone was getting paid $10 an hour to conduct mental health services, the company may be reimbursed $100 and then they're paying you 10 And then you have a caseload of 20, if you're a social worker, maybe 50 to 100 cases, right? So you do want to know in actuality how much the job is actually paying you. And then of course you want to look at net because then you will be able to look at how much additional money do I need to bring in into my business in order to fund my own 401k. But it first starts with getting an idea of your gross and your net. Now, number two under know your numbers is you want to be able to have an understanding of how many hours you had to work to get that net income. And so sometimes we look at comparing a nine to five to maybe a private practice as I'm not going to make as much as my on my own because unless I work 40 to 60 hours a week, because at a job you get paid for every single minute that you're there, private practice, you don't. So that automatically, you know, counsel people out because they may feel like if I don't work 40 hours, that means that I won't make the same amount of money. However, I'm just going to sneak in a reframe. If your job is paying you $25 an hour, but you're charging your private practice $150 to $250 an hour, If you do the simple math, you've clearly made more by working less. So you can technically work a fourth or 25% of what your job requires and probably still come out on top, which means that there is more than enough to pay for your 401k or to invest in your own 401k. Now, the third tip under knowing your numbers or subcategory is contribution. So one of the things that I used to teach individuals in the financial literacy, you know, Lane is if your company does not match how much you put up, meaning if their 401k says, you know, we have a 401k plan that you can put your money in and you say, hmm, I want to put up 10% of my money into my 401k. Well, guess what? If they're not putting up 10% to match your 10%, then that means that you are pretty much locking up 10% of your money to do nothing to be able to sit there, I mean, it may collect some interest depending on the market, but you're basically telling them to throw away the key. So what if your job only matched you 4% out of the 10%? That means that I would suggest you only match what they match. And guess what? If they don't match you at all, then don't put money in their 401K. Find another place to put the money. One of the things that I would often, or I would actually teach this every time we would have like a um, financial literacy workshop is to imagine that your money is going into a pot and it grows and it grows and it grows. And you can't touch it until you're of the age where the law says, or the government or the IRS says that you can touch this money. And by all means, if you're in your 30s and 40s right now, they keep pushing up the age. When I was in my early 20s, the age was, I mean, what, 55 to 60 or something like that. Now it's like, what, 67? I mean, when I'm ready to retire, heck, they're going to be talking about I need to be 80 years old. Who wants to wait 80 years old to get your retirement money? Now, the way that we rationalize this is if they match 4% and you put up 4%, technically when you take out the money, they would have taken care of, let's just say, some if not all of your taxes because you will be taxed not on the amount that was the rate in which you start putting your money in the 401k and I'm laughing because a lot of people don't even recognize this. You will be taxed on what the rate is when you retire now, we've all heard of inflation and specifically California and in New York. We can probably just look at the cost of living and guess that they have the highest rate of inflation, which means that on an average, 2.7 to 3% of all the prices that we see, whether it's on the ice cream truck, McDonald's, and everywhere else, those amounts have gone up over time. So if you used to go to McDonald's and with tax, the Big Mac meal was $3.24, but the original price was $2.99, and now those things are going for, I mean, I don't eat McDonald's, but heck, I can go to Chick-fil-A and for one person spend $11. I can only imagine for McDonald's, it has to be like $7 to $9. I know it's like that at like Carl's Jr., you know? And so you have to remember that inflation will increase how much the price of living is, okay? Okay. So you want to know about the contribution that you're actually giving and giving because again, you may be looking at it as, well, they match me. Well, guess what? If you make enough money, you can match yourself. So subcategory number four under know your numbers is again, match only the amount that they are matching, which means that you're going to lock up your money. So that's something that you have to be aware of. You should not be dipping into your 401k. So as a recap, just for tip number one, Under know your numbers is know the difference between gross and net. Know how many hours you've worked to get the net amount. Um, So you compare it to maybe how much you're going to be paying yourself in your private practice and how much you charge. And then for contribution, make sure that if they don't match, that you don't lock up the key and make sure that if they do match, that you only match the amount that they're matching. So if you are overmatching, I would highly encourage you to go change your paperwork. It's the beginning of the year. Now, tip number two, in terms of mindset blocks, I had to learn how to do some additional research to look at my other options. And luckily for me, at the time where I was looking to transition out of the county, I was also doing the financial literacy. So I learned quickly of how I could utilize a certain life insurance policy, which what we would consider back then and still now a new age life insurance policy to create a quote unquote savings and retirement account where we can do some magic with some numbers and we can give someone an idea of if you put this amount up, every single month, every quarter, however you pay into your life insurance policy, not only will you have a life insurance death policy, but over time, you would have accumulated a savings account that technically you can use for retirement and or whatever else you would like because it is not a 401k, okay? It is not also a traditional IRA, which is typically what happens when you leave a job and you roll your 401k into that, okay? So let's talk about researching additional options. I've just mentioned one, which is look into life insurance policies and I have a resource for you at the end of this podcast episode, okay? Um, Next subcategory under research additional options, understand that specifically with certain life insurance policies like mine, I'm going to specifically speak on my experience, okay? Because I'm not a financial advisor, please note, disclaimer, is that I loved that my money was not directly in the market. When the market crashed back in 2008, 2009, a lot of loved ones in my family that are now closer to retirement lost a big chunk of their retirement and that hurt my soul when I actually used them to be able to help them understand their finances and when they had to turn over their 401k to me so that I can look at realistically how much do you need to survive off of when you do retire because they do have retirement calculators based off of your age your gender and the average age of when people live men and women because the ages are different I was able to look at a life insurance policy in which my money was not directly put in the stock market like most 401ks or all of them, matter of fact, but my money was growing alongside of the stock market in terms of when the stock market was good, my my retirement and my policy was good. When it took a plummet, My stuff, press the stop button, and I stay still. And that's very hard for me to explain without going into the full financial literacy, but I'm no longer in that line of work, and I'd rather leave it to the individuals who are. Okay, so stay tuned for a resource that I'm gonna give you also in the show notes. Also, under researching additional options, I looked at my new 401k and my policy as an auto-draft. So just like at your job, they automatically take it out of your paycheck, I actually scheduled an auto-draft through my bank for my life insurance to take out a certain amount of money each month. And even though my death policy was a certain amount per month, you can actually what's called overfund these accounts so that you can build up a savings account um, quicker. And then also under additional options, there was a cap to the contribution, but I got more money on my bucks. So yes, they did put an amount of how much you can technically dump into these accounts. However, when I looked at the return and I compared that to a 401k, it was a win-win situation. Okay. So again, to recap, researching additional options is that I really looked into the new age of life insurance policies. I also looked at how these policies could help me save money for retirement. I looked at how it can auto-draft just like a traditional 401k directly from my bed bank account. I also looked at my money not being directly in the market because some of you may not even know that your 401k is playing hardball in the market and some of us who when we go through HR training we fill out a form and it asks us do we want to be a mild moderate or aggressive bidder per se with your 401k and the money and sometimes if you don't know any better you'll just turn right next to the person next to you and say well what did you put on this I don't know what this is and then you'll put what they put down and or somebody will see that maybe you're young and they'll say oh you should go aggressive because you got plenty of time. And what they really mean by that is you got plenty of time to make it back potentially, but they don't tell you that, right? So let's go into the last one, which is mindset block tip number three. Stop leaving your 401k around like you do maybe a hairbrush or blow dryer at your ex's house. So I learned quickly in the financial industry that just like a relationship, when you break up with somebody, unless you're hella petty, you take all your stuff with you. I would hope that you're not that man or woman who leaves your hairbrush or something very low importance over someone's house and say, oh, I got to come over here and get my hairbrush just because you want to see them again. No, when you break up, you take your stuff with you. You do not leave your money at the previous job. Okay. Now also... If it is a 401k, the question you want to ask yourself is, is it good for it to stay with that company? Because it kind of contradicts my previous tip, but I'm going to tell you why. I used to work for the county and truth be told, when I left the first time, I had a panic attack. I did a whole few podcast episodes on that. So when I initially left, I knew that I needed to leave to reset my body. I just didn't know if I was ever gonna return back. So when I did my research to leave my job, they did say that in order for me to have a certain status when I came back, I would have needed to leave a certain pot of money because we had a social security retirement fund because they didn't take social security out of a state you know, employee's check. And then we also had our traditional 401k and I have both accounts. And so they said, do you plan on coming back? And I really had to think about that. And I said, you know what? I don't know, because <laughs> you know, I was still like, early thirties. And so, you know, I knew I wanted to have a family, so I really just didn't know. And so they said, well, if you don't know, I would highly suggest that you leave it here because if you take it out, then you have to start from scratch. So if you have a pension or any accounts like that, where it's more like the government or the state or like the school district, then do your homework. But my hope is that you will not adopt my indecisiveness because that is more I'm going to say past experiences that I've learned from over time because now I'm very clear. I'm not going back. And clearly I only stayed for a whole 45 days. I did a whole podcast episode on that, but I stayed for a whopping 45 days before I left again. Okay. And so when I left, I took both of the accounts with me and I rolled them both over into a traditional IRA through a company, through um, a relationship that I have with the financial literacy program. Okay. Okay. So you do want to ask um, a financial advisor, what are your rollover options? What is the best option? And one of the best options that I'm going to give you today is to link up with a financial psychologist. She is a good friend of mine. She's actually a best friend from graduate school and her website, which is also in the link of the show notes. Her website is called mymindonmymoney.com, mymindonmymoney.com, Dr. Roche. And what you can get for free when you sign up through that page is you will get what's called a free case study video that we would like you to check out so that you can determine to see how she can help you look at your money differently. So again, check out her link in the show notes. Her name is Dr. Roche. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and she is also known as the financial psychologist. And I promise you, she will take good care of you. So as a recap, what we talked about today is how I was able no longer to be held hostage to my job. I was able to find out how I can create my own 401k by breaking mindset blocks, such as understanding my numbers asking questions to see where else I can put my money, which is also called vehicles, meaning different locations I can put my money to earn money on my money. And then also to roll over my money because if I don't plan on going back to a job, I need to make sure that my money comes with me. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you check out the show notes. Depending on when you listen to this podcast episode, I do have a three-day free Prosperous Private Practice boot camp coming up at the end of this month. So make sure you check it out by heading over to my website at drtk.com forward slash PPP. And also if you want to get on the wait list for the Dope Therapist Academy, which will teach you how to create a profitable five-year minimum blueprint for your business so you can have a map of exactly where you're supposed to go in your business and what you're supposed to do. If you want to learn how to reach your ideal client, if you want to automate your back office so that you can earn your freedom and your time back to leverage your time, You want to tap into your level of expertise because I always teach my clients that people will always pay premium dollar for the expert, but they will not pay premium dollar for the generalist. And if you want to be able to delegate tasks and get things off your plate again, to live your life full of abundance and get your time back, then you definitely want to get on the wait list for Dope Therapist Academy. So to check out Dope Therapist Academy, you head over to my website at drtk.com forward slash DTA. And in the next episode, I will be sharing with you some of my manifestations. And one of them in particular will be about how I manifested first class travel for five to Walt Disney World. So if you're not following me on Instagram, check me out over there for daily motivation of branding and marketing your mental health business. And I will see you in the next episode. Love you. Bye.